Hey everyone, welcome back to Raising Unicorns, a Harmon Brothers podcast. No one knows your product better than you do. And in today's episode, we share nine ways we collaborate with our clients to maintain a good relationship and excellent results. Unicorns are real. In the past eight years, Harmon Brothers has helped raise five unicorns. Yes, that's five companies with a billion dollar valuation, with at least six more companies right on the cusp of becoming unicorns. Here on Raising Unicorns, we share the lessons we've learned to help you grow your business by tens or even hundreds of millions of dollars. It's time to start raising a unicorn of your own. Welcome back. We're excited to be here. The three of us are going to talk about nine ways to get the most out of your marketing team. My name is Kurt Horn. I am the Chief Revenue Officer at Harmon Brothers, and I also am an account strategist. Awesome. Yeah, we're excited to talk about these things. We're going to talk about a few things that apply to working with outside agencies, as well as a couple things that apply to working with your internal marketing team. My name is Katie Camaletti. I lead our client success team, and I've also been an account strategist for a couple of years here at Harmon Brothers. And so working with a lot of these clients, we've come up with a really great list, I think, of ways to help each other have the best relationship and move forward as we work on different campaigns with different clients and with different people. Cool. And I'm Ben Anderson. There's three of us here today, so we're super excited to dive in. I am an account strategist, work with a lot of our clients here at Harmon Brothers and oversee, you know, that strategy and the relationship between Harmon Brothers and the clients. So this topic, nine ways to get the most out of your marketing team, this can apply to working with a marketing agency like Harmon Brothers, a video agency, a creative agency, or working internally and getting the most out of your own internal marketing team. And just as a background, what we're going over on these nine points, this is something that we've adapted from a post on LinkedIn from Sam Owens. So if you look him up on LinkedIn, he did a post. This was a couple of years ago, so you might not be able to find it. But I really like that post because the post was about, as a client, how does a client work with a marketing agency. And so everything that we're talking about today is really focused on the client relationship. So as account strategists, our goal is always to understand, you know, where the client's coming from, what do they need in terms of their marketing strategy and roadmap, and make sure that the campaigns that we work on are successful. Right. Ben, why don't you introduce the first point? All right. Okay. The first one is selection. We at Harmon Brothers, we don't work with a lot of clients. I think there's a pretty small percentage of the companies that reach out to us that we work with. I think that's a good thing. I think you need to be selective about your marketing team. What do you guys think? Yeah, I would add that as much as we're selective, we want our clients to be selective. We want to make sure that the relationship fits for both of us. And we don't want to work with someone if they don't want to work with us and vice versa. But more importantly, I think we can get the most success and the most impact when we have that trust, that relationship from the very start. And we do a fair amount of due diligence on the clients that we eventually work with, and we invite you to do the same. I think that's important that you really understand the personality and tone of the marketing agency, as well as the individuals that you'll be working with. And we do the same as we get to know the team behind a company, get to know the founders and the executives, as well as anybody in the marketing team and any of the creators. It's important for us to understand their background and their backstory, and just to make sure that's aligned with the direction that we want to go as well. Yeah, marketing is so important for a company because it's how you communicate your brand, your product, 
everything about your company to the public and to the outside world. So I think it's a really important, whether you're working with a marketing agency or hiring, that you understand that's a good fit. So Kurt, you're the most involved with that process. What's some of the due diligence that we do typically before we would sign a contract to work with someone? Well, there's a couple of things that we look at when we look at companies and look at the founding team and the executive team. We want to make sure that from a principal standpoint, we're aligned. In other words, the product or service that we're promoting, does it align with our values as well? The values of the people at Harmer Brothers we want to make sure that we can have an impact. That's one of the key things. Can we have an impact on this company? And impact is determined really from company to company. And some people are looking to grow top line revenue. Most people that come to us are looking to grow top line revenue, but some companies are looking for awareness or maybe have some other objectives. I think we're going to talk about some KPIs a little bit further down on this list, but we want to make sure that we can provide an impact. Yes, we sell strategy. Yes, we sell content. But at the end of the day, what does that strategy and content do for your brand? And does it bring in that revenue that you're looking for? And so we want to make sure that our style fits with your style and that we can really understand the consumer enough so that we can create content and create a strategy that really drives that top line revenue. Love that. I think working with an agency especially is like a marriage where you can pick who you're going to marry. After you get married, you're not going to control that person. And so you you really want to be selective where it's like, this is a long-term relationship. And that's how we view our relationship with clients as a partnership, we're working together, our goals are aligned in terms of growing and scaling the company. That's what our process is like, why that is very selective. Yeah, and I think to add to that, we want to make sure that that relationship has the trust and it's the right fit from the very beginning so that relationship can thrive. And when Kurt was talking about impact, it reminded me about how we also choose companies based on like how they'll impact the world. We want to make the world a better place. And there's so many people trying to do that and so many amazing products that are doing that. And so part of our our mission and our why is to help share those stories so that we can make the world a better place with these amazing products that people have created. Yeah. Point number two is about feedback and the kind of feedback that we ask for from our clients, the kind of feedback that is very helpful in marketing. We have a library at Harmon Brothers of multiple books, about seven different books that employees at Harmon Brothers read. And one of those books is Radical Candor. So I think that ties into feedback. And then there's a certain type of feedback that we look for when it comes to the creative process. And so Katie, let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah. So we really want high level feedback from business owners, from our clients, because we believe that Our clients are experts in their business. They are in the day-to-day. They've created it many times, and they obviously want the most successful campaign that they can possibly get, while our team are the experts on the creative. And so when we work with clients and they bring in that high-level feedback of branding, of colors, of, you know, how the product looks on the screen, those things are super valuable. And that's why a lot of times we invite clients on set. And we also really trust in our creative process and our team and believe that we have the experts to be able to say, here's the problem, here's the product, here's how we want it to look, and then to go execute that with the support and full trust of our clients. Yeah, no one understands the personality and tone of the brand, I think, more than the founder or those who are currently working in the brand. And it's important that we get feedback 
around the work that we're doing and the scripts and the content that we're creating and the strategy that we're creating around your brand, it's important that we get feedback so we clearly understand making sure that we're on point from a personality and tone of the brand, making sure that we're communicating with the customer in a way that they want to be communicated with and using the right language and using the right messaging. And so having that tight feedback loop is extremely important to us. And it should be extremely important to you as the client, as you look at marketing agencies and as you look at your own internal marketing team, if you have one, it's important that the feedback loop is very smooth and very timely. So iterations can happen and innovation can happen on a more timely basis. Yeah. Feedback is so important. So let's talk about how to give that feedback. So now that we know that feedback is so important, how do we do it? If you're the CEO of a company or the director of marketing or whatever your role is and you're working with an agency or you're working with your own marketing people, there's helpful feedback and there's feedback that is not so helpful. Not so helpful feedback would be very like specific creative feedback. Unless you are like in a creative role and you're like really in the marketing and you're a creative director and you're overseeing that project with your team, then you know, unless that's the case, it's not helpful to go in and say, oh, we need to change this to be exactly this way. We need to make sure this line is here and this color is here. There needs to be that trust there in sort of the creative process that Katie talked about. And a great example of this is from Pixar. Another one of our books in our library is Creativity Inc., which is about Pixar's story. And there's a story from Pixar that people at Harmon Brothers have talked about, and it's with the movie The Incredibles. And I think it was the first Incredibles movie. There was a focus group that they were running some of the scenes by or some of the video to get feedback. And there was a scene where Mr. Incredible got really angry and kind of started yelling at Mrs. Incredible. And the focus group, everybody was just like pretty upset about that scene. And we're like, he's too angry. He's too mad. Like, you got to really tone him down. And the creative directors at Pixar, like they're really great at what they did, but they listened to that feedback. They didn't listen to the direction and like the prescription, like you need to make him smaller, but they listened to the higher level, like feel behind that, which is they don't feel equal. It feels like he is overpowering her. And so what they ended up doing is not making Mr. Incredible smaller, but actually just making Mrs. Incredible who can stretch much bigger so that they're more on an equal footing. And so the feedback we look for that is most helpful is about the brand, about the feel, about the messaging. Obviously, there's legal feedback. Like we don't want to say something in an advertisement that's caused another company to come after you and, and sue you. So those more high-level types of feedback are super, super helpful. And then you trust the creative director whether that person is on your team or in an agency, you trust them to take that feedback and listen and then adapt it. I think that really goes into your third point, which is creative control. That feedback and creative control go hand in hand because you're essentially hiring a marketing agency such as Harmon Brothers. You're hiring us because of our creative expertise. And I think, like you said, Ben, not being overly prescriptive, I think, is helpful for us as an agency, trusting us with our creative instincts. We do as much as we can up front to learn everything we can about the brand. We do that in a brain dump where essentially you're transferring all of your knowledge over to Harmer Brothers. And then based on what we know about your brand and what we know about the competition and about the market in general, then we create scripts and concepts and strategy that hopefully will help elevate your brand and drive that top line revenue. 
we will involve our clients in the most important decisions. We'll never move forward without that sign off or that green light. And at the end of the day, our clients have that trump card or that veto card, but it's used very sparingly because that trust is built. And we don't expect that trust to be built instantly. And that's why, to Kurt's point, we do that brain dump. We do the research. We try to get to know your brand. Our whole team does as well as we can in the period of time that we have to be able to earn that trust from the very beginning. Yeah, that's all about trust, freedom. We do some innovative things and we're wanting to continue to do things that are outside the box. And so the clients that come to us, I think they understand that. It's like when you work with Harmon Brothers, you're going to get something that might be a little bit different. And that's what clients want. And so if we can have that trust and really feel like we own the campaign and that we're partnered on it, that's the best case scenario. And a lot of the clients we're working with right now I feel like we just have such great relationships with them that we're able to do some pretty innovative things. I think that goes well with our next point, which is each of our clients has an account strategist assigned specifically with the goal to make sure that you're happy with the creative process, that you trust us with your brand, and that we're going to do everything possible to have an impact and find success for you. And so part of my role is to make sure that all of our account strategists, including myself, are doing that. And to do that, it requires a lot of the in-between type of person, knowing that no matter what my problem is, no matter what question I have, I have an account strategist that knows me and my brand and my team and that they can help me solve these problems. Yeah. So like that relationship is so strong. There's ways that we build that relationship. I think of the writer's retreat as one of those ways where that's been one of the highlights of working with Harmon Brothers for so many companies and currently, we're doing more than just writer's retreats because that experience has been so powerful. Kurt, maybe you could talk about what do we do at a writer's retreat and why is that so important for the relationship? Yeah, as you said, I think the writer's retreats are very unique. And as we've talked to clients, they've pointed that out, that nobody's really doing these writer's retreats the way we do them. And it's really an opportunity for us to meet face-to-face -face with the client. That's one advantage of the writer's retreats. Those are typically held close to our office here in Utah, and it's uh, typically two days. And we're up at a cabin or up at a mountain home. So we're away from the office and the client's away from the office. And it's an opportunity for them to unwind and be as creative as possible. And we bring our creative team to the table as well. And we have an opportunity to collaborate on scripts and strategy at the writer's retreat, we typically bring three or four writers. These writers are very familiar with the Harmon Brothers style and the Harmon Brothers sales process. Many of them have a comedic background. Some of them are actually stand-up comics. And these writers will come to the table after reviewing the brain dump document, after discussions with the client and discussions with the creative director, they will each bring concepts and scripts to the table that they will read on the first morning of the retreat. And they will not have collaborated on these concepts or these scripts prior to reading them in front of the client for the first time. And this is really a unique opportunity to see this creative process in action. Once those scripts are read and the concepts are discussed, we collectively will then select one concept and one script that best captures the personality and tone of the brand. And then all of the writers for the remainder of the two days, all of the writers will then write on that one script. 
until by the end of the retreat, we have a script that's probably 80 or 90% complete. We'll continue to punch that up over the following couple of weeks, but we usually get sign off on that script at the end of the retreat. And that experience helps kind of bind the two teams together. It also helps us make sure that we're on point with the personality and tone of the brand and that we have the proper sales structure so we are driving towards providing the greatest impact for the client. Yeah. About the writer's retreat, I like that we try to take the ego out of it, where maybe in another project, someone might just say, okay, I'm just going to hire this one writer to write a script. That writer is going to say, oh, this is my script. This is my baby. And they're sort of going to own that. With our writer's retreats, we have three to four different writers And we all know working with creatives, sometimes people do have ego and they're like, I own this and I created this and this is my baby. But we try to take that out of the equation where it's like, let's just let the best ideas come forward and let's collaborate and work together. And so we have all the writers working together with the creative director and then also with our eternal brain trust and just constantly making it better and doing what's right for the client. So I think that's something at Harmon Brothers that I've really enjoyed is like, what can we do to make the best project And how can we do what's right for the client? And Katie, I know you had an experience with doing what's right for the client recently. I don't know if you want to share that. Sure. Yeah. So a while back, we had a client that we had done a couple of videos for. We had delivered them. And throughout the process, they gave feedback. And unfortunately, it wasn't implemented into the final product of the video. And so when our team gathered around, looked at the video, the deliverable that we gave, as well as the feedback that the clients had given us and all of the concerns that they had, to be honest, we decided to go ahead and do a a reshoot. We thought this isn't up to our standard. This isn't what we want to be delivering to our clients. And so we just reached out to them and apologized. You know, we had the humility to say, hey, we made a mistake. And I think that's the right thing to do. And the right thing to do by them was to reshoot it. And so we did reshoot it. We did deliver a new piece of content. They were extremely grateful and they were very gracious about the whole process throughout, even though they were fairly disappointed with our first video. But the right thing to do was to reshoot it, to re-deliver it. They were very grateful for that. And so situations will come up where we make mistakes, where, you know, sometimes the experience isn't what we want it to be. But then I think it's our responsibility to do the right thing, regardless of budgets or time or whatever may come up. Yeah. And we didn't just reshoot it. I mean, we rewrote it. It was a completely new video. I mean, a video like that would have cost, you know, $100,000 or more. Just the fact that we said, we're just going to do this for you. Like we're going to incur that cost and just make it. That's the kind of company I want to work for where it's like, let's do what's right for the client and the relationship. As we look at this next point that we have on our list, the expertise, I think we do everything we can up front to try to avoid mistakes down the road. And we found that by doing that deep dive up front, that brain dump, making sure everybody's on the same page, understanding the value propositions and all the messages around the value propositions and understanding which messages are most important for the consumer to hear. If we do all that work up front, then hopefully by the time we get to the writing process, and then certainly by the time we get to the filming process and production process, we've got all of these things nailed down. Obviously, there's going to be sometimes some mistakes and some things along the way that need to be corrected. But for the most part, we want to be focused on those most important aspects of the brand, those most important value propositions, the most important messages, so that we can then focus in the production process, focus on those 
and deliver that engaging message to the consumer. Yeah, let's talk about that brain dump real quick. So I know a lot of other agencies, they do like a one pager for a creative project. Our brain dump isn't one page. It's like, it's pretty long and it's asking questions about every aspect of the business and the business model. That is what really helps make our campaign so successful is we dive super deep into every element of the company, the value props, like you're talking about, the demographics, even inventory and things like that, and the website and the funnel and every aspect of it, because that's going to affect how we talk about the company. So anyway, I really like that brain dump process and it ties into some of the other points we've talked about. You know, if a client really trusts us and gives us as much information as possible and says, okay, here's everything you need to know, then we can have that trust and say, okay, we're good. We can really knock this out of the park with something special. Let me recap real quick. The first point was more about selection. The second through six points that we talked about so far were all sort of about the relationship with Harmon Brothers as an agency, you know, how to give feedback, creative ownership, the building the relationship and expertise. These next three points, six, seven, eight, these next three points are really about the client and what they bring to a project and to a campaign. If you are owning a campaign, working with an agency or working with your own in-house team, what do you need to bring to the table to be successful and to get the most out of working with the team? And that starts with this next point number six, which is all about focus and what is the single most important thing that you want from this campaign. So it's kind of about your goals, but also about the messaging. Yeah, I think it's important to know what your single most important thing is because so many brands, so many people have a lot that they want to say. They have a lot that they want to sell. They have a lot to share with someone through a potential marketing campaign. And so what helps us as a creative team would be to just have that single most important thing if you try to say everything in a video, you say nothing. And so we want to make sure that you understand that. And oftentimes clients may not understand what that is. And at writing retreats or during brain dump or intro calls, sometimes those things are uncovered. And sometimes we have to work together and come up with what is this single most important thing if you don't already have it. Yeah. And let's be clear, the client may have a single most important thing and a consumer may have a single most important thing. It's important to make sure those are aligned. Sometimes we get messaging from the client that is not the kind of messaging that we pick up in the tonality of social media comments, for example. So it's very important that we understand if there are gaps between what the company wants to focus on from a messaging standpoint and what the consumer most engages with from a messaging standpoint, it's important to understand why there might be differences there and really uncover what is most engaging for the consumer. What message is the most engaging? What message is emotional? And what message is out there that needs to be woven through this content so the consumer can engage with it and the consumer can eventually change behavior and be called to action. And those are the things that we try to discover early on. Sometimes we get to the writer's retreat and there's still some confusion about that. But understanding where that focus is and understanding also what the consumer needs to hear is very important. Yeah. And sometimes it's taken us a while to uncover those. Like I think of some campaigns where we've done one video and it's done really well. 
And then we've done some testing with that video and some testing and messaging, testing different hooks and copy. And we've realized, okay, this part of the video is resonating. Like Kurt talked about in terms of like a tonality of the comments and the interactions and the reviews you're getting. I think about Lumi, we did a big campaign for them and did really well. And we realized that the private parts message was really powerful. And so later we did more content. We did a video that was specifically focused on private parts, and that has been one of their most successful. Or with Kizik, we did multiple pieces of content for them. We did some smaller pieces of content that were focused on different value props, and one of those was around pregnancy. And we realized, oh, maybe we could lean into this. And not to say that pregnancy is the single most important thing right now, but for that campaign, when we found out, like, let's just lean into that message the goal is to reach pregnant women that could really benefit from this product, then we saw that success where it was a really focused piece of content. Yeah. And along these same lines, I think Kurt was talking about the writing retreat. Those have been so successful and honestly a highlight of many of our experiences that we've expanded it to do more concept retreats. So we have retreats where we have writers come and come up with concepts. And then we also have just high level strategy retreats. So uncovering some of these things that may not be nailed down yet or just wanting help to understand how to come to these things with no distractions has been super successful. And so we've done a, a couple of those and we'll continue to do those. But even at a very high level, we want to lean into the retreat process because they've been really valuable to us and our clients more importantly. Yeah. So that was point number six, which is the single most important thing in the focus. Point number seven is about consumer insights. So this ties in very closely with that focus. I've heard it said that a brand doesn't live inside the headquarters of a company. A brand lives inside the hearts and minds of the consumers, right? So if you look at your brand and you say, well, our brand is this, <laughs> but then you go on the street and say, oh, what do you think of our brand? And they say something completely different, then your brand is not what you think it is, right? And so consumer insights is so important. And there's different things that we do in terms of testing and tonality reports, scraping reviews and analyzing like what kind of demographic is going to be best served through a campaign or through your marketing efforts. But those consumer insights, I think, are super valuable. And when companies come to us with a lot of survey data or interviews or any sort of consumer insights, I feel like that is always really helpful in, in informing the video campaigns we do. It's important to understand what role your brand plays in a consumer's life and understand that from a consumer standpoint. And the consumers will tell you that. Fortunately, with social media, we can understand sometimes very deeply how consumers engage with the brand and how they feel about the brand. And it's important to get out of the office figuratively and literally <laughs> get out of the office and understand how your consumer speaks about your brand what your consumer says about your brand and how they use your brand, what effect does your brand, the products within your brand, what effects do those have on a consumer's life? It's important to understand that. The more you understand that, the more you can innovate. The more you understand that, the more you can speak from an emotional standpoint to your consumers and they can connect to your brand from an emotional standpoint. Cool, so that leads us to point number eight and that is about the brand. In building a brand, you know, our CEO, Benton Crane, talks about this. There's sort of this continuum, this spectrum between direct response ads and branded ads. And companies, when they're starting out, they shouldn't be focused on branding. They should be focused on getting sales in the door. 
but as they get bigger and bigger, you should put more of your efforts towards branding. And a lot of our videos kind of combine the two. But there's some risk in working with Harmon Brothers and maybe doing something a little crazy outside of the box that that you might not feel is aligned with your brand. But I think it's important to be open to that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, Harmon Brothers is known for tackling either tough or taboo topics and or doing it in a way that gets people's attention, sometimes even if the content doesn't exactly relate to them. And so, I mean, like a pooping unicorn with Squatty Potty probably wasn't on brand for Squatty Potty, like immediately. How do you market that? But we decided to go with it anyway. And some of our more recent campaigns, sometimes people at writing retreats or when they hear concepts are a little bit nervous or hesitant, but then they realize, hey, we came to Harmon Brothers to get something different. We want to be different than what everyone else is doing. We want to get our message out there without being cliche or tired or whatever it may be. And so coming to Harmon Brothers typically means you're getting something a little bit different. Hopefully that eventually aligns with your brand, but if not, it could open a whole new avenue to your branding in general. Yeah, I think it's important just to be open to those ideas, whether you're working with an agency or in-house, like good ideas can come from anywhere, right? One of the examples at Harmon Brothers is with FiberFix. The idea to throw the car off the cliff came from someone in finance. So it's like, be open to hearing other people's ideas and don't immediately disregard and say, oh, that's crazy or that's not aligned with my brand right now. It's good to have like a brand guide and a voice guide and all of that, but don't let it, you know, like pigeonhole you into a certain thing and not be open to ideas. Like when we brainstorm, you know, the creative process, a lot of that brainstorming, it's like, there's no bad ideas. Like let's write everything down. Let's capture everything. And then we can discuss and figure out what the best idea is. Yeah, I think along those lines, I think several of our videos have changed the age demographic of the original target audience. And so instead of going just for that age group, our videos have expanded it. So they had a whole new customer base. And so instead of going after what we always go after, let's think outside the box and try something new. Yeah. All right. We made it to point number nine is about communication. We've talked about sort of on the marketing team side and on the client side, all the things that are important on both sides of that relationship. So let's talk about how to optimize communication, because I think that's extremely important for any relationship with your marketing team that you have. And I'll just say one thing about communication. Everything we've talked about so far, the principle of clear communication and timely communication really is the, an underlying principle for all of these points that we've already talked about. And it's important for us as an agency that we get good feedback from clients, that we get timely feedback from clients. We do have a fairly strict process that we use as we go through the scripting process and then production and then post-production editing and then the final launch. That's a timeline that we have to adhere to. And it really helps us if the client has a very timely communication with us. It helps us if we have a very tight feedback loop. As we get that feedback, we try to incorporate as much of that as possible. And that kind of goes back to a point we were talking about earlier. We do want to make sure that we use our expertise in bringing these concepts to life. And sometimes we don't always use the feedback from a client. It is always welcome, but then we use our expertise to determine which of that feedback does need to make it into the final script and into the final production. Yeah. And we might push back on some feedback, right? We've had that in the past. Like I know we talked about casting earlier today where we said in some of our projects, we have felt very strongly about casting a certain person in the role. And the client said, I don't know if this is the right fit. 
but when we feel very strongly about something that's going to make the project successful, we might push back. And that's happened before in messaging too, or concepts, you know, with the squatty potty with the unicorn where we've had clients say, I'm not totally sure. The communication, I think the timeliness is very important. More and more we're using Slack Connect with clients, which I absolutely love. I think that's like the best way to communicate with clients. We use Slack internally, so it just is really fast and efficient. And then knowing when to push back, both on the client side, knowing when to push back with your communication and say, hey, this is something really important. Or on the agency side or on the if you're a marketer in-house or whatever your role is, knowing when to say, hey, let's do something out of the box. I feel really strongly that we should at least try this. Yeah. And we briefly touched on it earlier, but as clients are the experts on their business, on the tone, the feel, and they've worked in it day to day, it's important for us to listen I think a lot of times we want to prescribe or help or suggest, but we can't do anything well unless we understand what they're experiencing. And so I think listening and truly hearing them out and seeing them as true partners can help this collaborative or pushing back process be a lot easier as well as that trust is developed because we're actually listening to what they need and what they want and how they see their brand while also bringing our expertise to the table. Yeah, I think that's super important. So that is our nine points, nine ways to get the most out of your marketing team. Any final takeaways, Kurt and Katie? Well, I would say one of the most important things for us is building those relationships so that we can have that trusted feedback, so that we can have that open communication. That's a big thing for me is building those deep relationships with our clients so we become partners. Hopefully we become long-term partners with you and we understand your brand over time as much as you do. And as we do that, I think over time we become a partner that can help mold your brand, help shape the personality of the brand, and of course, communicate that personality to the consumer that will eventually bring that brand into their home and use that brand as part of their daily lives. I think another takeaway for me is that we use this list with our clients to help set up expectations from the very beginning because disappointment, conflict, distrust, a lot of time comes from miscommunication about expectations specifically. So if we can talk about all of these things, make sure our egos are set at the door, make sure that we are truly doing it for our clients' success to make them feel that we're on the same side of the table because that's how we genuinely feel. We couldn't do what we do without our clients. And so setting those expectations so that they are set up for success be a big takeaway for me. Yeah, I love those takeaways. My takeaway is about the consumers and listening to the consumers first, because that's really what marketing is about. It's like, how do we reach the customer? How do we reach the consumer? You might not know what is going to resonate with them. And so we're strong believers in testing lots of creative, lots of messaging, you know, lots of ad copy and things like that so that we really figure out what's resonating. Yeah. Thanks, everyone, for listening, especially thanks to our clients who have trusted us to help elevate their brand and bring their brand to the world. That means a great deal to us to have these trusted client relationships. Thanks to both of you for being here and look forward to uh, seeing you on the next podcast. <laughs>
For many businesses, customer acquisition and ad buying has been a nightmare ever since iOS 14. If you want help navigating the craziness of the e-commerce market, Harmon Brothers is offering a free webinar with three golden metrics you've probably never heard of. These metrics could help turn your company into a money-making machine. Just email us and we'll send you our value-packed video. You can reach us at podcast at harmonbrothers.com. Once again, that's podcast at harmonbrothers.com. Com.